Discover community, find hope, and experience God. This is Discovering Hope with Pastor Patrick Severson. So it must have been about 13 years ago, right about this time of year, and uh, a beautiful fall day, uh, crisp air, and uh, the leaves had already fallen off the tree in our front yard, and the sun was shining through. It was just a glorious day to be out, and I was out there raking the leaves in my front yard, and my son Caleb, who was about three at the time, he had a kid-sized rake with him, and he was helping me uh, rake the front lawn. And I loved every minute of it. I did. I just loved spending time doing stuff like that with him. And uh, we, we got to a part where we're just about wrapping up. And I remember there's leaves that were stuck in the, in the rake. And I was trying to get them off. I didn't want to hand pick them up. So I turned the rake upside down. I just kind of hit it on the ground a couple times. And without prompting, without, without asking, Caleb just looked at me, saw what I did, took his rake, turned it upside down, and hit it trying to get the leaves off of his rake. And it hit me. It was one of those, one of those moments in parenting. It was kind of like this aha moment of how much our kids watch us and observe us and look at us when uh, we're just doing life. And it was just so impactful for me. And it was also encouraging to know, hey man, he's, he's watching me. But also a sense of weight to like, wow, he's watching me. Parenting is no small calling at all. And investing in children and youth and young people is so incredibly important. And as we've gone through our series, Life Hacks, which we've been looking at the book of Proverbs, these statements, these principles of wisdom given to us, many of them were written by King Solomon to his sons. Right? Many of these, these proverbs were given to his sons as a hope to pass on his faith to his children. And that is something that just struck me as we've been going through this book together. And is one of the reasons why I really wanted to focus on parenting today. And spend some time looking at what does it look like to invest in our children in a wise, appropriate way that God invites us to do so. Now I get that as we, as we venture into talking about family and parenting and all those sort of things, it can create an us all sorts of mixed feelings, right? From joy to to pain. As we think about maybe hurts that our parents inflicted on us by their uh, lack of understanding of of godly parenting, or we look at mistakes that we've made, we go, man, it's painful. Or look at the joys and the things that we've experienced, maybe from godly parents or great parents that have invested in us. Recognize that this can be kind of a tough subject for us as we navigate through it. And I hope that as we talk about parenting, as we talk about family life, that you let God shepherd your heart and guide you today as we talk about this. We see all the way in Genesis 2.24, we see this. Right when... God created Adam, and then he created Eve. He says this statement, Genesis 2.24, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh. 
Now, there's a lot that we can talk about in this particular passage, but here's one thing that I want to point out. Okay, this is right at creation. This is right before sin tainted the world. This is right here, um, God creating the family. It's the first institution that God created. Notice, he didn't create a church. He didn't create uh, uh, an elder board. He didn't create a baseball team. He didn't create a committee. Can I get an amen on that one? Right? He created the family. It's his first institution that God created right here. The family. Husband, wife, children are incredibly important to the heart of God. And so we see that right from the get-go. We see in the book of Proverbs. And so it's so important for us to spend some time looking at what does it look like for wise parenting, godly parenting. And we see in Proverbs 22, 6, it says this, Train a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. So what does that look like? How do we train up a child? I hope that we answer that or begin to explore what that looks like today. And as we do, let's remember that that these statements in Proverbs, they're principles, not promises, right? There's not a guarantee outcome. We can implement all the wisdom in the world, and it doesn't mean that our kids are going to turn out in a certain way. These are principles that help guide us. They don't guarantee a certain outcome. And this isn't a, ma- a message just for parents, all right? Some of you go, oh, man, I picked the wrong Sunday to come. I don't have any kids, right? Or my kids are out of the house. No, this is, this is a message for our entire church because it's so important for us to invest in upcoming generation. Children, youth, college, career. It's so important for us as a church, and we see that. So with that in mind, I want to talk real quick about uh, children in the worship service. Right? I love having children in the worship service. It's the heart of our, we want to see children, families worshiping together. Why? Because it's modeled to us in scripture. We see it in the Old Testament. There, there were assemblies of believers that were coming together, and the instruction given to them was to teach the children and to share a part of the assembly. So it's important that children are with us. We see it in Deuteronomy chapter 31. We see it in Joshua chapter 8, the importance of it. We also see it in the New Testament because the Apostle Paul, in his letters, he addresses children. He's assuming that children are with them in their times of gathering. So we love having children here. We think it's important. We understand that it kind of creates an interesting dynamic sometimes because kids are kids, right? We understand that they're squirrely. If it helps, parents, sit closer to the front so your kids can stay more engaged. And don't feel embarrassed if you've got to take your kid out because they're getting restless. We love they're here. And we recognize, too, that it's not always possible for kids to sit through. That's why we provide nursery. We have children's ministry at all of our services. We have the video cafe that if you want to still stay connected to what's going on in worship service, we have it live streamed over there. Utilize whatever resources to help you. Continue to invest in your children um, and be part of the church and our church as well. The role of children's ministry, youth ministry, college ministry, the role is to come alongside families, to come alongside parents. It's not to replace, it's to partner. 
And that's why we provide these things. In fact, we're so passionate about these things. We're looking at ways in which we can continue to expand these ministries. We're adding staff. We're investing in resources because we think it's so important. It's modeled to us in Scripture to invest in the next generation. As a church, we want to do so. We want to help everybody experience the love of God and move in a path of becoming fully devoted follower of Jesus, young and old. It's something that we are passionate about. And though we're talking about wise parenting, this is something that applies, I believe, to all of us who are Christ followers, who are part of the church, because we've been given the example of investing in the next generation. So those of you without children of your own, those of you who are uh, single or, or one day will have children, um, I just want you to know that I've seen God use uh, adults from all backgrounds, all stages of life, do amazing things in investing in the next generation. I've seen it. I was a youth pastor for a number of years. We had people from all backgrounds investing in kids. It's beautiful. I love it. It's amazing. So everybody can learn from these principles that we're going to be looking at today. It applies to all of us. And what's interesting is that as we look at these seven principles of wise parenting that we're going to be looking at, here's what's interesting. Many of these, or pretty much all of them, are also leadership principles. Right? So as we lead, we want to we lead like God leads us. And so these are leadership principles as well that we can draw from. So here's, here's the main idea. Here's what I hope that we can accomplish today. Is that wise parents do this. Trust the word of God, which we're going to be looking at today. Wise parents, trust the word of God and then lead like our good shepherd, which we're going to be looking at. As we experience God's care and his leadership in our lives, we get to know and experience our good shepherd. Then we lead in a similar way. And so here's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be exploring verses in Proverbs, statements, wisdom statements. And then we're going to be looking at how God models that to us as being our good shepherd. So we're going to be looking at Psalm 23 as well. So we're going to be looking at statements of Proverbs, but then also looking at how God is our example of that, our Savior is our example of that as being our good and wonderful shepherd. And then as we experience that, we lead out of that and are encouraged in that as well. So Christ being our example as seen in uh, Proverbs, or excuse me, Psalm chapter 23, the good shepherd. So here we are. Seven principles of wise parenting. You guys ready? Here's the first one. Wise parents provide. We see this in Proverbs 27, 23, and 27, through 27. Check out this proverb. It says this. Be sure, talking about parents, be sure you know the condition of your flocks. Give careful attention to your herds, for riches do not endure forever, and a crown is not secure for all generations. When the hay is removed and new growth appears, the grass from the hills, from the hills is gathered in. The lambs will provide you with clothing and the goats with the price of a field. You will have plenty of goat's milk to feed you and your family and to nourish your servant girls. We see this idea of providing, of being diligent to provide for the needs of your parents. This is a simple principle, right? You look at it straightforward, you go, yeah, we've got to provide for the physical needs of our, of our kids. That's, that's pretty straightforward. But when we look at Psalm 23 and we see our Savior modeling it for us, it brings it to a whole nother level. Let's look at Psalm 23, verse 2. Here's what he says. Talking about our good shepherd. 
He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He restores my soul. He makes me lie down. That seems like an unusual statement. It's not like giving a command to a dog, hey, lie down. You know, we got a dog, lie, sit. That's not what he's talking about here. This isn't, isn't a command. As we, as we look at the context a little bit more, and as we understand shepherding here, uh, we see that in order for sheep to lie down and to rest, there are a number of conditions that must be met. Right? There are a number of things that must be in place for a sheep to rest, and here's what they are. They must have no fears. A sheep that is fearful is not going to rest. Must have no aggravations from like bugs and, and irritations and those sort of things. They must be free of tension within the flock. There must be no territorial things going on within the flock. They must be free from that. And then they must be well fed. In other words, no hunger, no thirst going on in order for them to rest. In other words... He makes me lie down is a statement of he provides for my needs. And notice it's not just physical. Notice the needs that are provided here are beyond the physical needs. And so a wise parent provides not just the physical needs, but is attentive to the emotional, mental, spiritual, as well as physical needs. A wise parent provides. Second principle that we see here is wise parents restore. We see this in Proverbs eleven eight. The righteous man is rescued from trouble. God is our rescuer. He is the one who restores us when we get into trouble. He's the one who protects us. He's the one who saves us. We see this also modeled out in our good shepherd, Psalm 23, verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters, and he restores my soul. One of the things a good shepherd does is constantly looks out for sheep that are in trouble. In other words, cast sheep. He, he looks out because sheep get into trouble. They do. And when sheep get into trouble, a cast sheep really is in a helpless state. A state they're, they're stuck. They're in trouble. They can't do anything. And if, if a shepherd doesn't notice that, that sheep is going to perish. There's nothing that that sheep could do if they are cast. And so uh, a shepherd is constantly looking over his flock and looking for sheep that are in trouble. And notice that uh, a shepherd is looking for the sheep that are in trouble. It doesn't protect, provides an opportunity for them, but doesn't protect them from making stupid mistakes. Because sheep make stupid mistakes. They do. I make stupid mistakes. God provides me opportunity to walk in righteousness and a right path. Man, I do dumb stuff. Sheep do that. A wise shepherd looks for when they're in trouble, when they make those mistakes, and steps into that. Maybe that describes you today. Maybe you've been wandering and, and you've been trying to do things on your own, and man, you're just you're feeling helpless. And I pray that the good shepherd will come and you would allow him to restore you to a new path. That he would pick you up and restore you. 
Because that's what the shepherd does. When he finds a, a cast sheep, he restores, he picks them up, and he puts them on solid ground. We're invited to parent as well as lead similarly as a good shepherd. When our kids and those under our leadership are in a rough place, when they are stuck, we get to come alongside and help and encourage them into a right relationship with Jesus. A good shepherd doesn't scream at his sheep when they're cast. That's not what a shepherd does. He doesn't go, hey, you idiot sheep, stop doing that. No, he comes alongside, he gently speaks, he picks up, and he restores. A wise parent, as well as wise leader, seeks to restore. Principle number three, wise parents lead. Wise parents, they they lead. They step into leadership. We lead our families. That's what wise parents do. We see that modeled in, um, in the character of God. He says, I guide you in the way of wisdom and lead you along straight paths. He shows us the way. He leads us. The very character and nature of God is one who leads. That requires that we follow him. And we see in, in Psalm 23, verse 3, the latter part, it says, He guides me in paths of righteousness. Here's the deal. Sheep are fairly stubborn. They are. Oh, the parallel between sheep and people. So funny, right? Man, I could be so stubborn myself. Uh, sheep are stubborn, but a good shepherd leads them. Because here's what sheep will do. They'll stay in one spot. And they'll just graze until that land becomes barren. They'll drink water that's not suitable for them, that's not helpful, out of convenience. They'll just linger there. They don't want to move. They're comfortable. They got what they need. And all of a sudden that land has nothing left to give them. And so a good shepherd recognizes that and leads them to new pastures and sources of water. Think about that for a moment. Man, how often have I said, God, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I just want to stay here and be comfortable. And God's saying, man, if you stay here, it's to your detriment. A wise shepherd leads us. A wise parent leads their kids, helping them discover and see what's best for them. I see it in my own life, but I also see it in the life of my kids, and I see it, man, a lot of us. How how often do we just want to take the easy road without realizing the need for discipline, right? Without realizing the need for being patient and hard work. A wise parent leads like a good shepherd leads us. Wise parents see the need for leadership in all areas, not just the physical needs, but the spiritual, mental, and emotional needs of their children. Lead like the good shepherd leads us. Fourth principle that we see is that wise parents, they remain present. We see it in Proverbs 2.8, for he guards the course of the just and he protects the way of his faithful one. Again, the character, the very nature of God is to be present with his children. Proverbs states that he is active in the protection of his children. Some of you need to be reminded of that today. You're feeling attacked. You're feeling uh, people are spreading rumors about you or talking about you. And you're feeling, and, and God is your protector. 
God is the one who will defend you. He will remain present with you. Again, as we see in uh, Psalm chapter 3, verse 4. Where it says the very familiar uh, verse, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it says, you are with me. I just talked about new pastures. To get to a new pasture often involved going down dark valleys and hard places. Places the sheep didn't want to go. And the shepherd would lead them and guide them. He would be out in front of them showing the way. He would be remaining with them. He would be attentive knowing if they are afraid. But he would lead them in that journey. Even though they didn't understand. Why are we leaving this comfortable place and going to this dark valley? Some of you may be wondering that yourselves. God, why are we, why am I experiencing this dark valley? The Good Shepherd leads us. He reminds us that He's with us. He's remaining present with us. Part of our role as parents is to do that to our children. I am here for you. Again, my son was three years old. He went through a stage where maybe four or five weeks, he would wake up in the middle of the night and he would just be terrified, just having nightmares. We don't know what was going on, but he would just, he would come. And of course, he'd always come to my side of the bed. He'd just be there and be like, Dad, I'm scared. And he literally would be shaking. And I'd pick him up, I'd bring him back to his room, I'd put him in his bed. I would assure him, but I'm here. Everything's okay. I'd put him back in bed. I'd lay there with him until he fell back to sleep. And then I'd go back into our own bed. And about 45 minutes later, we'd repeat. I didn't get sleep for weeks. It was tiring. Inside, in one sense, it was frustrating. <laughs> I just want to sleep. Can you? But I didn't yell at him. Hey, what are you doing? Why are you up again? He was afraid. Picked him up. Cared for him. I'm here, buddy. I'm remaining with you. You're okay. Everything's going to be fine. And assured him being present for our kids is so incredibly important. Just like the good shepherd does for us. You know, as our kids got older, this is what it looked like. Kids got in the teen years. Man, I hit 10 o'clock and I'm ready to, man, lights out. I'm, I'm not a night owl. <laughs> I'm a morning person. But teenagers, usually they want to talk, hang out 10 o'clock on and have meaningful conversations. Being present is being available. There are times, man, I didn't want to have conversation later and I'm tired. Man, I'm so glad that there are times I just fought through that tiredness. I had meaningful conversations with my kids later at night, even though I was dog tired. It's being present. What does that look like for you and your own parenting and being available and present with your kids? In one sense, I want to be a reflection of how the good shepherd is present with us, but I fail at that. I mean, in one sense, I want to show them, yeah, I'm available like a good shepherd is, but, but I fail. My role is not to replace the good shepherd. Okay, I don't need to say that. My role is not to be the savior for my kids. 
My role is to point them to the Savior. My, my role is to replace the good shepherd. I'll never do that. I want to be a reflection of that, imperfect as that may be. But continually point them to Jesus. Continually point them to who he is, that he is always with them, that he is always present with them. Part of being present is knowing our kids, knowing when they're afraid, knowing when they're struggling, knowing when they're going on wayward paths, being involved relationally and knowing them. Principle number five, wise parents defend and protect. We see this in Proverbs 2.8. It says, for he guards the course of the just and protects the, uh, the way of his faithful one. We see in this proverb that part of the nature of God is to protect and to guard. He holds us when we are weak. He provides us strength when we don't have it, when we feel overwhelmed. He defends us. How does that look as a good shepherd? We see in Psalm 23, 4, it says, Your rod and staff comfort me. A shepherd's hook, his staff, was used to help sheep to corral them when they were going down the wrong paths, or to pick them up. And his rod was used to defend against uh, 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 animals that would come, predators that would come, and beasts, and he would protect the flock. And so the sheep would know his rod and the staff, they comfort and protect. A significant role of parenting, a significant role in investing in next generation is protecting Right? It's, it's knowing what, what media the kids should consume, what social media they should be on or shouldn't be, what, what shows they should watch or shouldn't watch, helping them make healthy friendships, guiding them in these ways, knowing what's wrong and right, helping protect them in those ways. It is to do, we are to defend and to protect our children and the next generation. But there's a difference here. This isn't protect, so to speak, to take them out of the world. It is to protect that they might better engage and be prepared for the world. Because we can't protect them from everything, but we can help protect to prepare them to better engage in the world. Wise parents defend and protect their children. Principle number six. Wise parents, they comfort. We've talked a little bit about this, but we see it in Proverbs ten twenty nine: the way of the Lord is a refuge, a place of comfort. I mean, I think when a storm comes through, whether it's a blizzard or a major storm, I'm sitting in my house. Man, there's something comforting about being in the house when the uh, nature is just going. It's, he is our refuge. He is our place of comfort. <clears throat> I think of the countless times that Christy and I, when our kids are young, we, you know, they get a boo-boo or something. Oh, come here, you're going to be fine. We comfort our kids. It's part of the role of parenting. We do that all stages, right? Wise parents comfort their kids as the good shepherd does that to us. We see this in Psalm 23, 5, when it says, You anoint my head with oil. This is fascinating. I love this. When you, when you look at shepherd and you look at shepherding and, and know a little bit of the background, sheep, 
At certain times of the year, they would get um, they would get gnats and flies that would irritate the soft tissue in their nose. And these gnats and insects and flies, they would try to deposit their eggs in the nose, and it would just cause great source of irritation to the sheep. And it would literally it could drive them mad. And they would do all sorts of things to try to uh, you know remedy that problem. I mean, they would just do all sorts of things. None of it brought relief, but the anointing of oil by the shepherd mixed with sulfur would cover over the head of the animal and it would bring not only instant relief but also protection from it continuing to happen. And it could only be applied by the good shepherd. You think about that for a moment. How often do we have irritations from this world? Things that we're just frustrated with, be it COVID or tension in the world or all these sort of things, family tension, problems at school, problems at work. And and there's nothing that we can do in and of ourselves to take that away. And yet we do. We try. We're going on all sorts of paths of sin to try to bring relief. Only the good shepherd can. Wise parents provide comfort by pointing to Jesus as the one who could bring relief from the pain and irritation and frustration that they might be feeling. That's what a wise shepherd does. It's what wise parents do as well. The last principle, principle number seven. Wise parents, they prepare. Wise parents prepare. We see that again in Proverbs 27, but we see it laid out for us in Psalm 23, verse 5, when it says, you prepare a table for me. Now, this is, this is fascinating. Uh, uh, it gives insight to uh, so much of what God's work does in our life. You know, in the springtime, a shepherd, here's what do we do? Because remember, the sheep can't stay in one pasture. So in the springtime, he would go to the summer pasture land. And, and the shepherd would go and he would make sure that, that land is prepared for the sheep. And he would spend time there in the springtime and he would remove any harmful vegetation that, that the sheep could consume. He would remove it. It was painstaking. It took lots of effort, lots of work. The sheep were oblivious to the work that was going on. So he was preparing this place, this table for them, completely unaware. Completely unaware of what the shepherd was doing. And then he would, he would lead them through the dark valley to get there. Uh, what's really fascinating is... The highland, the pasture land, was often called the table land. It was often referred to the table land. The shepherd goes before us to prepare the way. How often do we not even realize that, that God is going before us? He is doing things behind the scenes that we can't even see, that we don't even know about, and he's preparing a place for us. Wise parents do the same thing. And we make sacrifices for our kids that man, our kids are completely unaware of. 
the late nights praying or the all nights praying for our kids, the hard work that we put in to provide for our children, the late night conversations that we have with them, even though we're tired, the countless ways in which we sacrifice for our children to invest in them, they may never know. Man, that doesn't deter us. Just like our good shepherd goes before us. The one who's modeled it. We get to do the same with our own kids. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. So there you have it. Seven principles of wise parenting. We provide... We restore, we lead, we remain present, we protect, we comfort, and we prepare. You look at seven principles of how to train up a child in the ways he should go. And when he is old, will not depart. So what does that mean for you? Maybe you're coming today and you're going, you know what, man? I haven't thought about the good shepherd and his care for me in a while. I'm stuck. I'm not in a good place and I need the good shepherd to restore me. Let him do that. And maybe you're looking at him sometimes like I do and I go, man, I am failing as a parent in some pretty important areas. I need the good shepherd to show me the way. And as I experience him and as I know him more, I parent out of that. I invest in others out of that. Maybe you need to make some necessary changes in your life. Let God guide you through that as you do. And regardless if you're a parent or not, man, remember, we're all called, the church, to invest, to pass on our faith. And I love that our church recognizes that and is committed to that. And we will continue to press forward in making those efforts. So if you're not involved in Children's Youth College, man, I encourage you one way or another, whether it's praying, whether it's serving behind the scenes, whether it's being actively, man, get involved. It's worth it. And let's lead and let's shepherd our families like the good shepherd shepherds us. Amen.